0: So I don't want to talk much about what happened after my sister went into the room, except that she never did reappear. She was gone and presumed by myself, at least, that she died in that room. And So that made for quite a bit of changes. We stayed in that house for a year. We tried to live a life, but we couldn't because of course there were questions and police and detectives and my parents were the main suspects in my sister's disappearance. They claimed she had just disappeared from a room with no trace, no evidence. No one could prove anything. I was asked questions, interviewed. My parents were of course interviewed and asked questions. Nothing could be ever established. Everyone in our small community avoided us when we had to move. We moved 400 miles south down to Southern California where my relatives were. But even my relatives were distant and it just wasn't the same. I lived with my parents until I was 18 and I went to college and moved away. first opportunity I had because... Well, you can imagine, <laughs> how, how can I stay with people that I knew had walked my sister into that room? I've always wondered why. Why they would do that. Why they would take her into that room knowing I believe they knew she would never come out. Why had they smiled? Why had they looked at me in that way? It's always been a mystery. A mystery I can't solve and a mystery I felt guilty about. It's the whole reason I'm doing this. I can't talk to a psychologist. I've said that over and over, but it bugs me. I don't know what to do, how to express this, how to get over it. And now, just to let you know where I'm recording this from, I rented an apartment for a few months this summer, half mile away from where I grew up, back in Northern California, back in the suburb. It's still the same suburb, except there's a few more restaurants, a few more stores. But other than that, it's, it's the same place. And the reason I came back after many years of trying to put this into the past and to bury it myself is because of what happened one night a few weeks ago. I was sitting down watching Netflix, some show. I was into Money Heist at that point, so it was probably Money Heist. It's watching that show, and I felt a cool breeze coming from the room next to me, and I looked into what that room was, the kitchen, and standing in the kitchen in the doorway was my sister. She hadn't aged a bit from when she was walking into that room that night, exact same. I locked in on her face, and she smiled at me, the same sweet smile, that four-year-old smile, and she walked towards me, and she sat on the couch next to me. I didn't move a muscle. I couldn't move. I was frightened to the core. As I sat there, she moved her hand out and reached out and touched my hand, and I was expecting a feeling of coldness, of, of death, of, of a chill, but her hand was warm. It eased my fears. She felt alive. That warmth had life in it, and that was reassuring. She squeezed my hand, and I squeezed her hand back, and then she leaned her head against my shoulder, and she looked at the TV. That's when I noticed the TV was still running, the show was still going, but I couldn't hear it, couldn't hear anything really except for the breathing of my sister. And I just stood like that, sat like that, holding her hand, enjoying the feel of the weight of her head on my shoulder, and I could feel the tears running down my cheeks, tears of relief. For as she held her head against my shoulder, I, I could feel not just the warmth of life running into me, but also the feeling of forgiveness and understanding and love and compassion. It was that I, that I finally, I don't know, it gave me a sense of, of the ability to move forward. Then she looked at me, I looked at her, I took my gaze away from what was going on on the TV, and when we locked eyes, she whispered to me, and she said, I'm still savable. I can be saved. I asked her, how, Charlie? And she whispered to me, you have to go back now. That's, well, first, that's what happened was she, she kind of just faded away. The weight of her head left my shoulder, her hand left my hand, and I was left sitting alone on the couch again. I still couldn't hear the TV. I could hear nothing. That's when I knew, of course, I had to go back. I had to go back. So uh, I didn't pack anything. I just turned off the TV, grabbed my wallet, my keys, got in my car, and I started to drive north. That night I drove the seven hours north. and I reached my town, my native town, about 4 a.m., that morning and I just drove straight to where my house had stood and I use the past tense because my parents when they moved they never sold that house they had it destroyed they raised it they bulldozed it hired a company they got rid of the house but they wouldn't sell the land I don't know I, th- I, well, I do know that room ha- has a power, had a power over them. It controls them. That's why we live there. That's why That's. I know it. <laughs> it's hard for me to explain. I've never asked them about it. I've never really talked about it. So this is all just me guessing. But it's more than a guess. It's, it's a deep understanding. That room works with them and they work with the room. So oh, I know that's why they never sold that house. They protect the room. So that night, I, I, I reached the property, the land, at about 4 a.m. It's got a, a nice chain link fence around it. It's not run down. Nothing run down, would be allowed run down in that city. There's flower beds around it, but yet no one's built anything, Try, I, as far as I know, tried to buy the land. I believe now that my parents are gone, the city must own that land, I don't know, but it's just sitting there, so I stayed there till about seven, walking around waiting for something, looking for something, looking for that light. Nothing happened that night. Around 7 in the morning, I went to the local hotel where my parents would buy their Sunday paper each Sunday morning. At the paper stand outside that hotel, that's the hotel I went and got a room. There's no longer any paper stands in front of the hotel. That's gone with, of course, but Got a room there, and I thought I'd settle in for I don't know how long. So I just got a room for three days, and each night I would go back and bring a lawn chair and just sit outside the property, waiting. I'd sleep during the day, watch at night, and nothing would happen. Three nights went by like that, but I couldn't leave. I knew I wasn't going to leave until I figured something out or saw something. The guilt I had felt for going to sleep that night my sister was taken to the room, I found a way to get rid of that. It was partially taken away by my sister laying her head on my shoulder, but it could be completely erased by saving her. Whatever that had meant... I could erase it. I could fix it. So I went out and I found this apartment. Got a couple birds. Keep me company. I don't know. I think maybe deep down psychologically. They're canaries that I can bring to the landmine. If they pass out, I know to leave. I'll actually bring them with me to... The site, I think, is more of a psychological thing, deep down. But I do believe that's the reason why they're now sitting in my apartment. I still go to that site every night. Started recording this while I was doing that, just to keep kind of a record. You know the reasons I do this. Until last night. Last night, I saw the light (laughs) it's strange the light shone in the air it hovered in a perfect cube right where it would have been when I was a kid second floor so about I don't know nine feet above my head because I hopped the fence and I walked onto the property and right above my head almost within touching distance, reach, I could almost reach it, was a cube of light. The room. I couldn't get to it. I wanted to get to that room. I jumped, I ran and jumped, I leaped, I I found things to step on. I could scrape my hand through the light but nothing would happen nothing i couldn't i couldn't do anything i couldn't figure anything out and then dawn came and the light went away before i recorded this this morning i went out i bought a ladder tonight i'm going to take that ladder i'm going to climb it and I'm going to enter that room, and I know something will happen. I will have to get into that room. I have to save my sister. I know Charlie is in there waiting for me. I know she hasn't aged a day. I'm hoping that time somehow doesn't exist and I can pull her back into this life unharmed, ready to live a new life. That's my hope. That's what I'm going to try for tonight. So I guess this recording is maybe a final recording for I don't know what will happen. Maybe someday someone will discover this and realize what happened to me. Maybe I'll come out and be just fine and be recording what happened tomorrow morning. I don't know. But tonight I am going back into that room and I am going to find my sister.